service this morning. Uh, we hope that you can join fully in that as you worship with us online. Uh, if you miss them on your way in, there are bulletins and communion supplies on the table. Uh, feel free to get up and grab that so that you can participate with us when that communion time comes later. Um, thanks to everybody that took the time this morning to start like filling your information in. I know that's a little bit of a tedious process, and it's going to uh, require some patience, so we appreciate that. Uh, you're willing to be patient with us on that. Um, would you stand with us as we open with a word of prayer this morning, please? Heavenly Father, uh, we give you thanks and praise for the great God that you are. Uh, it's because of the great works that you've done uh, in this world and specifically in each of our lives through Jesus that we're gathered here today. Uh, I pray we wouldn't take for granted that grace and love that you've shown to each of us and that as we uh, sing these songs and as we study your word, uh, we would be doing so uh, not with selfish ambition or interest, but with a desire to give you honor and praise uh, because you are great. Uh, it's in Jesus' name that we pray all these things. Amen. the killer of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you laid down your life that i would be set free Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan? a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that i would be set free oh jesus i sing for 
all that you've done for me.
chains are gone. Freedom, you have given us freedom. You have given us freedom. Hallelujah.
If all are kindergarten through fifth grade, if you'd make your way to the to the front, and those three, four, and five year olds, you can make your way to the back. If you're a visitor today, uh, we are very focused uh, with our families and and our kids, and so they come in and they they join together with us in our worship. We like that. We want them. Matter of fact, I had my grandson. I, he stands there with me, and he was correcting me on the words that I wasn't singing. I, I, I was really surprised. Oliver saying, no, no, probably you got, did you hear him explain? Probably this, I might have heard him explaining where I got it wrong. And so I don't know whether that was helpful. But I love watching our kids worship with us. I love watching uh, even, even some of those watching the drums and, and acting like they're playing an instrument or definitely singing. I want them to learn the words 
I want them to know this from a young age. And, and sometimes churches, we, we divide out the ages and you go this area, you do your thing. We'll do. I want us to do it together. And, and I hope you enjoy that part where the kids are with us. But guess what? When I get up, they all get to disappear. So anyway, so they, they get to go learn something, uh, you know, from, from those who teach and do that well. So I'm so glad that we have those who are stepping up and doing that. So thank you, because a lot of you are right here and, and uh, taking part in doing that. Uh, I want to I share with you just some thoughts. You know, uh, something that I've noticed about the church, uh, and, and maybe, maybe something that, that some, some of us need to be repenting of, we make this following after Jesus easy at times. You know, we, we want to make it sound great and easy. I mean, there's a great message. There's absolutely a great message, but then we want to make it, make it easy. Uh, a couple, couple examples might be, you know, invitation, bow your head, and okay, you raise your hand if you want to make a decision. Well, we don't want to embarrass anybody. We, we don't want to make you feel awkward, you know, by coming up front or something like that. Or, or maybe uh, it's pray this prayer and, and then everything's taken care of. Uh, you know, it, it just sounds easy. Uh, but, but if you read through the Gospels, if you read through the Gospels, did Jesus say, raise your hand? To anybody, well, if you want to follow after me, you know, raise your hand or or pray this prayer. Or, man, it, Jesus was man. He he, uh, he he spoke some things. In one passage of scripture, it was Luke chapter fourteen. He he said, count the cost. He used a couple examples. One was a, a builder before he builds the house. He sits down and figures it all out. He said, well, this is what I'm going to need, and then if he doesn't have what it takes, he's not going to build the house. He's not going to start building the house and get halfway, can't finish it. So that, that's just common sense. If I, can't, if I don't have what it takes, I'm not going to build the house. Another example was a king who had an army of 10,000, and, and he was going to go up against another army, but before he sends his army out to do battle, he's, he's going to count the cost. He's going to figure it out. Uh, he finds out that, that the other army, he's, he's going to bring his 10,000 against his 20,000. So guess what he decides? Okay, I don't have what it takes. Hey, let's let's make peace. <laughs> you know, the 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 final verse in in that section, Jesus said, "If you do not give up everything you have, you cannot be my disciple." Oh, <laughs> that's that. Seriously, no one told me that. You know. Uh, when, when I began my walk with you, hey, okay, receive Christ. This is the way you do it. And, and don't forget, you're going to have to give up everything for him. Uh, oh, and, and Jesus in a lot of other places talked about you know, follow, what it means to follow after him. Everybody remembers the phrase, take up your cross and follow me. Take up your means of execution and follow after me. He also told the disciples before he passed, you know, before he died upon the cross, he said, hey, in this world, you're going you're gonna to face trouble. Uh, like it is that place, you know, where the world is hating me, it's going to hate you as well. Wow. Wow. Jesus, Jesus wasn't, uh, you know, real careful with his words, cautious that, hey, people might not follow me if I'm just open and I want them to know exactly what it means to follow after me. So he just spoke the truth. Uh, we've been going through the book of Revelation. If you haven't been with us, we've been going through the book of Revelation, going through the specific letters uh, that Jesus addressed. We're, we're on the sixth church, 
And, and this church is Philadelphia. We're familiar with that name. There's a city, you know, the, uh, the city of brotherly love. That's what the word stands for. Well, there's a Philadelphia uh, in one of the letters that Jesus addressed to the churches. Uh, Philadelphia is, is, as we've been going through these letters, has been a horseshoe type thing. We're clear on the south side and, and going lower. Uh, Philadelphia is like 30 miles southwest of where we were last week of that city, Sardis. So we're, we're continuing moving on. One more city, and it's, it's you know, further south from, from Sardis. So, but Sardis, let me tell you, Sardis, we, they almost sound alike. And when I go through and talk about details of each of the cities, Sardis was like many of those in that it was a pagan city. We'd gone through each one. Each, you know, it's like, well, am I going to announce? What about Sardis? Well, it's kind of in comparison alike. Where it was different, it was, it was along one of the trade routes. And so it was a wealthy city. We, we know that Thyatira and, Sard- and, and uh, Sardis and Thyatira were ones that were production. Philadelphia was along the trade route. And so a lot of trade and things were going through there. Uh, and, and so there was a lot of merchants and, and, and things like that happening in this city of Sardis. Uh, the thing about Sardis and another church is that they faced difficulties. They faced troubles. They faced opposition. The, the church that we talked about earlier, the second church letter that we dealt with was Smyrna. It was in chapter 2, the second city. And, and, and uh, the words like this was spoken to him. He said, I know your deeds. I, I know your affliction and your poverty. And then he said, yet you're rich. That was the encouragement. How are they rich? Well, because they were staying true and faithful to Jesus. So they were rich. Later on, he also, he also said, hey, you can look forward to this. There's going to be some of you put in prison, and some of you are going to die. Oh, man. Philadelphia is the second church that Jesus addresses, the church we're looking at today, that deals with opposition. Jesus is dealing with opposition. So we're going to look at that today. Uh, a couple other things we know specifically about the church. We're going to read that, so listen to this. Jesus basically calls them weak. They're, they lack strength. And, and, and what we understand about that is they were low in number. It was a small congregation compared to the opposition in town. They were well outnumbered. So they're being identified as, as weak uh, in Jesus' eyes, and yet... The commendation of this church in, in difficult places was they are strong, or, or that they, they are being faithful. They're remaining faithful to Jesus. Here's the passage. Let's read these words. Revelation chapter, uh, chapter 3, beginning verse 7. In verse 7, it says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David, What he opens, no one could shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one could shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews... Though they are not, but are liars. I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. 
since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from, uh, coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I, I, I just want to pray before we open this up. Here's what we're praying. God, help us understand. May, may your word be spoken here. May your, the, the spirit in the ears thing, it, it calls me to pray. God, may we hear what the spirit is speaking to the churches. We want to hear his voice today as we go through this. Let's do that. Father in heaven, we praise you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord, for Jesus' examination over the churches that, Lord, we too could uh, see and maybe understand where we are. Last week, Lord, just as a church, felt that, that need for us to, to repent overall. Uh, repentance is just part of our life. When we understand, Lord, that you and your perfection and, and us in our, uh, just our fleshliness. Father, we want to grow. We want to, to be more and more the people of God living in this world, difficult though it is. Lord, we want to represent Jesus well. Open the word before us today, Lord. May, may we be listening, and may your spirit be working upon us. God, you're good to us, and we praise you for this opportunity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In each one of the letters, Jesus is identified. He goes through and, and, and speaks to it. In some places where there's judgment, repentance needed, you know, for instance, to Philadelphia, Jesus says, I'm the one with the double-edged sword coming out of my mouth, that, that tongue. You know, it, it speaks to the judgment and, and the repentance that, that's needed in Philadelphia. I'm not Philadelphia, in, in Pergamum, excuse me, in Pergamum. And then, and then to Thyatira, it was, it was the fiery eyes that, that, you know, penetrates and knows every part of us and, and opens and reveals. And again, you know, Thyatira was another city that needed repentance. And it's interesting to look and see in verse 7 how Jesus is described. It, it says, the one who is holy and true. Holy and true. Holy as in, you know, that's that attribute of God. Holy, perfect. Perfect in, in everything he is. True. You know, we, we know him to be the truth, but, but what Jesus says is that foundation we could stand upon, isn't it? What, what he says we could put our confidence in. In a world where we have difficulty finding where we could put confidence, in what Jesus says, we could put our confidence because he speaks the truth, he is the truth. And we could put our, you know, we, you know, whatever he said, whatever he promises, we could count on. But what's significant, especially to Philadelphia, is the words he speaks next. He says, I have the key of David, I need to find where I am so I could 
pursue on. Uh, oh, he holds the key of David. What he opens, no one could shut, and what he shuts, no one could open. Uh, the, the significance of it, the key of David. David, of course, is King David in the Old Testament, that king of God over the, the nation of Israel and, and, and Judah. Uh, when the kingdom was, was becoming at its greatest, David was upon the throne. And it was to David, God made the promise, I'm going to establish your throne forever. And if we read through the scriptures and we see the fulfillment of that, we know that's Jesus. Jesus, who is the descendant of David, who, who now is, is seated at the right, after his resurrection, he is now seated at the right hand of God. What did, what did Jesus bring into this world but his kingdom? And, and, and those who are in Christ, the one who opens the door, you're getting this? you understanding the perspective? Even in John, he talks about, I am, he claims, I am that door. Those who enter through me. Here he's saying, you know, I have that key of David. I'm the one who opens the door and make it available. How do we enter into that kingdom? How do we become a part of that kingdom? It's through Jesus. And only through Jesus. He's the door. You try to enter any other way, there is no other entrance. That's, that's the message we get from the scriptures. It is only through Jesus. That we're going to find out as we move on how important that is. Uh, to the, this church in Philadelphia. Why that's so important that Jesus says this? Because it is an encouragement. It's definitely an encouragement to us today. I mean, it's why we worship. We identify with Jesus. He has made the way for us. We, I, I will tell you, I, I really believe that we need this message today because of this. At some point, if you're following after Christ and, and living your life according to his way and, 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 and pursuing him, your faith is going to be tested in this world. Even more so today than ever before. I believe there's growing reasons for us uh, to, to be embracing this passage because I believe opposition to, to what the Scripture has, to the gospel, is growing in this world. Maybe you see it as well. I, I might, I, I, the, the folks I've talked to, I think we see growing opposition to the church and to the Scriptures. And, and so... Man, is this valuable? Absolutely. 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 Now, this church in Philadelphia was uh, commended uh, by Jesus. He said, man, you, you've held on to my word, and you have not denied my name. Just remember, those two things, those two simple things. Here's the encouragement that we have. We want to hold on to his word, and, and, and we definitely don't want to be denying his name. Instead, we want to be living for him and proclaiming that Jesus is Lord in our lives. Now, when trouble comes, we need to know that Jesus, who, who is our Savior, provides for us. He, he provides for those who are faithful. Jesus provides for, for those who are faithful. Even in a world where there's opposition and trouble, Jesus provides. We could count on that. Again, he's the one of truth. He's the one where we can place our confidence. Uh, so here's, in, in verses 9, 10, 11 specifically, I, I believe that, that he lays out some specifics about what he provides. Number one, he provides those who faced opposition, they're going to be vindicated. He, he identifies, man, those of you who, who face opposition in this world, you're going to be vindicated. He said that to this church in Philadelphia. Um, uh, the trouble for this church in, 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 in Philadelphia was the Jews. 
much like we saw uh, from the church in Smyrna, the second church that was described. It, it was, it was a, a community of Jews in that city that caused trouble for those in Smyrna, and, and it's the same identifying words uh, used for this church. It, it called them the, the synagogue of Satan. In verse 9, if you want to look at that, verse 9 said, those who are the synagogue of Satan, those who claim to be Jews but are not. That's how he describes those who are actually the opposition against this small church who's in Philadelphia. Now, Jesus speaks the truth about them. He says, but they are liars. They are liars. Who is this synagogue of Satan? Again, it is, it is Jews in the community. They are absolutely Jews identified you know, nationally, I mean, that's their national identity, the, you know, this group, this, this race, is, 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 these are Jews, but it is also identified through their religious heritage. I mean, the kingdom of God is theirs, right? Old Testament, that's God's Old Testament, Old Covenant people, that's the Jews, and that's where they stood. These people have rejected Jesus. The Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah. No, no, he's not. And you can imagine the trouble they were causing for the small congregation that was in Philadelphia. They, they were, you know, hey man, you got your facts mis mixed up. It is not true that Jesus was the Messiah. Man, matter of fact, they, they spoke evil of Jesus. You know, he was a troublemaker. Uh, he, he spoke against the word. He spoke against the Old Testament, uh, the law. He caused trouble. And, and so you can imagine what, he, what trouble they could cause for the church, the small you know, congregation in that, that area. They were foolish. Uh, it's also believed that uh, uh, this group was pretty influential in, within this city. And so uh, uh, they, weren't, uh, they were looked at, and, and it doesn't go into details like it did with uh, uh, this, the city of Smyrna. Uh, in Smyrna, boy, you're going to face jail and you're going to face death. It didn't go into details of what they were facing, but one thing we can say for sure, they were rejected by their community, especially through the Jews. So that's the trouble they face. Here's what Jesus said specifically to them in verse 9 towards the end. He said, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. He's going to make them come fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Here's something I, I, I missed and I think I want to make clear. In there it says they are Jews. They claim to be Jews, but they're not. Okay? I, I do believe they were from Abraham. But as, as what Paul said to the Romans, as what we see elsewhere, the identity of the true people of God is not from an outward mark like circumcision. That, that old covenant, you know, it was circumcision, it was, it was the, the law that made them, uh, you know, the people of God. That's why Jesus says they're not, and it's for this reason, because they did reject Jesus. See, Paul says those who are true Jews, those who are truly the people of God, they don't have that outward mark, they got an inward mark. And Paul says the inward mark is the Holy Spirit. How do we receive the Holy Spirit? Man, it's only through Jesus. It's only, isn't that neat? It's only through Jesus that we have this identifying mark of his spirit living within us. And that's what, that's what the church in Philadelphia had. 
they were the true Jews, that community. Whether they were Greek, Roman, it didn't matter. They were true Jews, and it's because of Jesus. They are the true people of God. Therefore, they're liars. Again, here's what Jesus said. He said, in the end, and I believe it's this order, first they're going to recognize when they see Jesus, they're going to recognize the truth on that day. The, the truth that they've been denying who Jesus is, they're going to fall to their knees, as Scripture says. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And there's no debate, no, no need to explain it. I believe when Jesus shows up in his glory, everybody will realize the truth. And then Jesus says, those who have been in opposition, those who've been causing trouble, who've been rejecting, matter of fact, what this church was doing was closing the door on the, the, the synagogue of, of Satan was doing, it was closing the door to the kingdom to this congregation, to this small congregation. It was just closing, yeah, you have no part of the kingdom of God. And they were making it known and would tell them and, and share them, man, just absolute rejection. You need to leave, you know, I can't believe you're believing in that Jesus. But instead, that's why it's so significant. In verse 8, Jesus said, I have a door that's open before you. Do you see the significance? You're being told by people in the community, oh man, you, you don't know anything. You're foolish for following Jesus. And this kingdom is not yours. But the truth and the reality is Jesus is yours and that kingdom is that, that door to the kingdom is open wide for you. And on the day uh, after, after they have to recognize that whatever, everything that Jesus is, man, is true. That's truth. And so on that day, Jesus says, they will also have to turn to you on their knees and, and just say, man, Jesus loved you. Jesus loved you. Those people that I rejected, that I mocked, that we persecuted, Jesus loved you, the one who's truth. Now, listen, uh, you know, we, we turn to today, you know, um, we face opposition. And, and as I said, I, I do believe that's going to grow, that's going to increase. I know, I know I've, I've heard stories in the military, I've heard stories in, in, in uh, our school system or our education system, I've heard stories, and, and it is growing. Is growing because the world around us just, man, we're, we're seeing a lot of conflict with the direction that the world is going in compared to what the Scripture is calling us for and, and describing how life is. There's a lot of conflict there. And, and if we continue to speak and live according to His Word, yeah, there's going to be opposition. Why is this so important to us? Why is it so important to us to be encouraged by these words? Because the door is open to us through Jesus. We cannot turn our backs on him. We cannot uh, deny him. We cannot uh, reject his word. We, we, like Philadelphia, need to be true to his word and, and never, never uh, deny knowing Jesus because he's our access into that kingdom. He's the reason why we have it now, right? It's why we're, we're part of that kingdom. So first of all, vindication is, is that word that he gives to us. In verse 10, in the midst of trial, Jesus will see you through. This is encouraging. I, I don't know too many of you that haven't already been in some kind of trial or difficulty in this, in this, uh, in this world. Because uh, life is full of difficulties. 
uh, sicknesses and, and, and financial woes and, and, man, conflicts with other people and even with law, and, and we just keep on going. There's trouble in this world. That, that's a message I don't need to have too much about because there is absolutely trouble in this world. And let me tell you what, if, if you are faithful to Christ, there's going to be continued trouble and maybe even more. No, there will be more trouble if you're living faithfully uh, for Christ. In, in this verse 10, he says, I am coming to you soon. Uh, no, excuse me, that's, that's 11. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial. You know, he's going to reward those who, who uh, uh, endure patiently, who go through difficulties patiently. Again, holding on to his word and, and holding on to who Jesus is, not turning our backs on him. He said, there's, there's going to be a reward. There's going to be uh, something special. And I, I believe what it is, he's going to help you through. The promise isn't he's going to save you from difficulties. Understand that. That's a popular teaching. I, th- I, I hope that's declining because that's not true. Matter of fact, in the scripture, Philadelphia is already facing all kinds of trials and he hasn't taken them out of it. Smyrna definitely, you know, he said, boy, this trouble's coming ahead of you. The truth is we're going to have trouble in this world. There's difficulties. He's not going to remove trouble from us. Matter of fact, it's through those troubles at times that, that is really a great opportunity for us to grow. James chapter 1, right? Count it joy when you face trials of various kinds. Really? Jesus approached troubles with joy? That's what Scripture says. I think we get a better idea as, as we go through this. But how is it, how is it Jesus helps us through? And, and, and I, wanna, I want you to understand when I say, hey, you know, when, when we, we endure patiently, he's going to reward us. It's really not very clear that way. I don't think that's the process of which Jesus helps us through. It's not, you be faithful and I'll reward you. It, it really is different when you read the scriptures because it is more this. Philippians uh, chapter 2, it is, is Jesus suffered first. Are you with me? You understand? Jesus, he came into this world. I mean, that's bad enough, Right? with their all the process of diapers and hunger and everything that we've experienced, and then worse yet was the, the difficulty and the opposition of humanity, the opposition of the religious. And, and Jesus went through a, a cruel tri, trial. He was whipped. He was nailed to a cross. Great suffering. So what Jesus says to us, he said, I could help you through. I've done this. The encouragement is Jesus has gone through this before. How in the world, if you read through the book of Acts, it is amazing to watch these guys celebrate through suffering. But you see it often. You know, Paul and Silas went before and, you know, they were reprimanded by the, the, by the Jewish, uh, the, the, the council, and, and, and then because they continued to speak in Jesus' name, they were beaten. And on their report, they went back and, and they said, well, this is what happened. We were beaten. And then they ended up rejoicing. Huh? <laughs> uh, could you imagine the, the scene in the prison where they're chained and, and they're locked up? And, and there they are uh, in, in, at night, and what are they doing but singing praises before God? What, what, they got a screw loose. No, no, because Scripture's real clear. Why were they rejoicing? Uh, they were rejoicing because they were counted worthy to, be, to, to suffer for Christ. 
I mean, it, it is a privilege to suffer on behalf of Jesus Christ. And, and they were rejoicing through it. I, I think that's the attitude. Maybe someday in our maturity we could grow and say, man, in the midst of this trial, that man, man it might be because I'm standing up for something in my work or, or in my place, and, and man, someone's throwing to me. Man, God, I thank you that I'm going through this difficulty because, because I'm yours. Because, because I identify you as my Savior. That's how I'm going to live my life, and I'm going to face this as well. Good example we find in, in the Scriptures. Ah, it'll be our lives too. And maybe we'll become more bold to talk about uh, the difference between this and what's the direction society's going. We could definitely talk about a world full of sinfulness and, and, and a, a Savior who brings about righteousness. Not, not living it and speaking it. I, and, I, and I believe the world around us is hurting. I, I believe the world around us is hurting and searching as they're looking around and denying. And, and we have a message that, that offers peace, that offers a right relationship with God. It offers a, a peace with the one who, man, his condemnation, his judgment, no one wants to face. And we have the words that people around us need to know. You know, I, I think about the group that's going to be brought before us and, and you know, the, the opposition. The truth is, we as a church, we, we want those people to come to know Jesus. So we want them to know Jesus now in order for them to enter in and, and already identify him as Savior and, and, and be welcomed by Jesus. Not have to fall on our knees to acknowledge something that we should have acknowledged a long time ago. We have that opportunity as a church, and we need to, to keep that in mind. There's one final thing I want to, to share with you. Is that verse, uh, verse 11. Because in the end, the door is open for the faithful. I mean, the door has been opened. Through Matthew, it, it identifies that. Jesus came and brought the kingdom of heaven. And, and those who receive Christ, that open door is there for you. It's open. When, when time is done, man, we enter through an open door and, and into his kingdom. Verse 8, can you imagine again, just to remind you, verse 8 is, is so special. When you think about the church that's being persecuted, the opposition is standing against them, and, and Jesus clearly says to them, he says, I have placed before you an open door that no one could shut. No matter what the opposition is saying, don't listen to them, because you know the truth. You know, you know who's holy, you know who, who is the truth. That door is open to you. His name's Jesus. And you embrace him as your Savior. That's where you put your confidence. And, and the world around you mocks you and says, man, that's, that's just, you know, it's, it's fairy tales. Uh, and the word I probably have been told more than anything is, man, it's just a crutch. You know what I want to tell them? It's Absolutely. If a crutch is something that, that helps you to stand, yes. If it's something that, that helps you through troubles and, and helps you walk when you don't have the strength, yeah, Jesus is my crutch. I don't mind admitting that I, because I think that's true. We have an opposition. We have, we have an opportunity to face the opposition around us, to people who just have rejected Jesus, rejected this, uh, a life of pursuing, of, of, of 
knowing what it is to live in a relationship with a God who's holy and right and has provided for us wonderfully through his son Jesus. Oh, wow. And what it says in verse 11, listen carefully. The last couple of verses here, it says, verse 11 says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have. What are we holding on to? Again, same thing that Philadelphia is holding on to, his word. Are, are, you, are you taking it in? Are you learning? Is it something, a part of your life, his word? Know it now, because when opposition rises, what, what foundation are you planning to stand upon? Know his word now, learn it now, embrace it now. Uh, so hold on to what you know, and definitely Jesus. Don't come to that place where, man, it's going to be easier to deny Jesus than it is to, to face the consequences. Now, I don't want to face the consequences of knowing Jesus. I mean, I want to take the easy road. Yeah. Uh, Jesus did say there's two roads. One's narrow, one's wide. And, and there are a lot of people who are finding the wide road, the easy way, right? And not taking that path that, that we need to follow on behalf of Jesus. Don't lose your crown. Don't lose you. Don't let anybody take it away from you. But hold on to those things. Verse 12 says, The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Woo, memorize that one. Because that's what's coming. Now, that was, that, those words were especially uh, just thrilling to those of Philadelphia because Philadelphia was a city that was on a, on a fault line. And in A.D. 17, there was a, a devastating earthquake flattened this city. They even, in archaeological digs, on the outskirts, there were, there were places where there was just basically straw homes built. Because you can imagine, after an earthquake and all the aftershocks afterwards, that, that they are not real comfortable in the structures built in the main part of the city with stone and everything when they came down and all the death that occurred. But what they're being told is, man, those who are victory, uh, victorious, they're, they're going to be a part of a city that God is building. Matter of fact, you're going to be a part of the pillars, which makes sense when it talks about, hey, that gospel is the very foundation and, and those, those, those apostles that began to declare the gospel that we're built upon. Uh, they, they're the very foundation, and, and each one of us are pillars with his name on it. So what's he saying? Man, it's a permanent place. It's a perfect place. It's built by him. It's not going to be like this world at all that... that it, unstable, shaking, and devastation around us. Devastating because the world is going contrary to God and in and, and the absolute opposite direction of acknowledge him to be the one and only God. And Jesus, the one and only Savior. But we're, the promise is those who are victorious, we're going to be part of that which is eternal. That which is eternal. You can go ahead and say amen to that. Verse 12 is worth an Amen. Verse 12 is definitely worth an amen. And, and that's our celebration. That's, that's where we are. In this world, there's going to be trouble. Let me ask you this. Just, just is, living, is living for Jesus, is it worth it? 
All right, I'm glad I didn't have to help you on that one. <laughs> For the people in Philadelphia, this letter had to say, man, it is worth living for Jesus because he is the open door. He is the open door. He is our means of being connected with God. Absolutely, he is worth it. And in this word, you know, it's not just that we're waiting, but, but he's walking along with this. And he's given us this encouragement. There's going to be a day when those oppositions around us, man, they're, they're going to, uh, it's going to be a vindication for us. Because they're going to, at that time, admit and see that what we've been speaking about is true. It's true. There's going to be vindication. There's going to be deliverance. He's going to keep us through the troubles. You remember, he went through before us. He knows how to bring us through the troubles. And then there's also that reward, the crown that we've been given. Guess what? Jesus is our crown. His word is our crown. Don't let anyone take that away from you. No one could take that away. You can let it go. Do not let anyone take it away from you. Jesus is your crown. Yeah, I agree with you. Jesus is worth it all. Whatever this world could dish out, and we've seen some terrible things, you know, throughout the world of what's done with Christians. And I will tell you, no matter the circumstance, no matter who lost their life because of Jesus, I, I would agree with him. It is worth everything. Jesus is worth everything. Jesus is worth everything. Jesus is worth everything I have and everything I could live for. Oh, man, I want to embrace that and live this. Don't you? Oh, man, what a message to Philadelphia. Thank you, Jesus, for that letter. Let's, let's, let's just pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and thank you for uh, these letters. Lord, the encouragement we have on one hand and, and even the calls to repentance. We know, Lord, that in our lives, the frustrations and, and, and even in our own weakness, Lord, we come before you often. I had a good conversation, Lord, with uh, just a, a young lady this morning and, and just, it, it was exciting just to talk about, man, I'm, I'm not worthy, the brokenness, the sinfulness, but yet, What's so excellent about being here today is because Jesus has, has made us worthy. It is through his blood and only through the covering of his blood that we could say we've been made worthy to receive that open door to entering into his kingdom. We admit that, Father. We admit our sinfulness on one hand and then give you praise on the other because of what Jesus has given to us. We thank you for him and we praise you for the life that we now live because he has given us his everything. God, we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, where else can we go but taking communion together? Uh, if, if you're visitors, sorry if you weren't reminded, we are going to take communion. Uh, there's a, there's a, a bowl back there with communion in it. And so if you could, you could go grab that if you want. Or uh, Anyway, we're going to proceed. Uh, this opportunity... We, we recognize him as the open door. Man, in John, he, he's recognized as the gate, the door, the sheep, uh, so many different things. But it's only Jesus. There is no story about anyone else. He's the only one. Jesus is the one who went upon the cross. And, and to his disciples today, when this was established, he said, he, he took the bread and he broke it. 
And, and he said, take, eat, this is my body, which, which he, he was hung upon the cross for you. This is our recognition of Jesus as our Savior today. So let's partake of that bread. And then that cup, which represents his blood, the cleansing blood of Jesus. Uh, later on in Revelation, th- those dressed in white have been covered in the blood of Jesus. The only way that we could be sanctified, ready, and prepared is through the blood of Jesus. No other means. It's through the sacrifice. So we, we celebrate that today. We do that together. Let's partake of that cup. to ask. Is there anyone here this morning that has not received Jesus for the first time and, and would like to do this morning, to make that move this morning? We, we ask you just to raise your hand, come on forward, and uh, uh, we'll proceed from there. If, if you're in that pursuit, we'd also love to just sit down with you and open the scriptures and see what his word has to say in that following after Jesus. Any, any other needs this morning? Uh, maybe, maybe it's a need, need for prayer, uh, need for repentance, uh, maybe something shared. Anyone else have something you'd like to, to bring? Sometimes it's hard to do that up front and everybody else, but if you, if you need prayer, it doesn't mean that, hey, grab someone, you know, and do that before you leave if you're burdened. I can't tell you, I, I do know that people come burdened, you know, when they come on Sunday morning. And if you're dealing with some burdens this morning, there's people, a lot of times back at the Welcome Center, I'm at the door, uh, get connected with some people you know here, and just pray with them, okay? You do that, and, and just uh, take that before the Lord together. A few announcements, actually not a few, there's a lot uh, of announcements this morning. I'm not going to go through every single one. Uh, we are doing our senior luncheon this Thursday because it was canceled because of weather conditions, but we're doing it this Thursday, so keep that in mind. Next Sunday is uh, a football Sunday, so uh, it's a good time for fellowship. I, I, no one cares who's playing, right? Uh, <laughs> no one cares who's playing, but we're, we're going to have good food fellowship, at least in the first half. Uh, we, we just really enjoy that time, so you're invited to that. This is New Attenders Night. It's at our home, which is next door. We already have a good number coming, but if, if you're here today, you're, you're interested in that, you might read some details there. Let us know. Let me know at the door. If you have questions about that, I would love to have you come, and my wife and I would love to have you come. Eric's going to be there, right? 
Good reason to be there. Eric, Eric Von Speckelson is going to be there. And uh, uh, Matthew should be there and, and Annie. So a lot of the ministry staff will be there. And, and so we'd love for you to come. It gives us an opportunity to get better acquainted, answer questions, and, and let you know the direction of the church. I, I will tell you now, everybody, this is the direction of the church. It's always to Jesus. If we, if we begin to choose another direction, please find another church. Okay? Our direction is Jesus, and it's through his word, and that's where we want to put our confidence. Anything else I need to cover, announcement-wise? I mean, if you have kids and you're interested in the Easter program, make sure you check out the details on that. I think that's a new announcement today. And then, as we mentioned a few times, we're getting the new digital check-in system up and running. So if you have some time after service or if you come, come early next week or throughout the month of February to get your information in there before we launch that in March, that'll just streamline that process. And even if you don't have students or children, uh, we would love to have you put your information in there because that's how, kind of how we're collecting to make sure we're um, up to date on um, your address, your phone number, your email, so we can contact you if we need to. Um, so, and uh, there'll be somebody back there to help if you need need that. But excellent. All right, thank you, Eric. Yeah, uh, there's also a mission mission oper- opportunity uh, Alpha Christian Home. There's a sign up back there. So, uh, please look at your bulletin. We didn't cover all the details, but uh, you have that in your hands. So, ah, let's stand and and have an opportunity. Just man, to thank God once a time. Uh, one more time, just to say, man, we praise, praise him for this opportunity to worship together. Father in heaven, we praise you, we thank you, uh, Lord, to glorify your name, to recognize and acknowledge that uh, you are. Uh, there is no other God but you. There is no other Savior but Jesus, and we praise you for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you soon.